0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Barbara Gian at barbarageehan.com, and I hope you're doing amazing. Today on the show, I am introducing you to my good friend, my homie from the hood, let's keep it real, Estella Gabriel, who is here to talk about holding on to her vision through some of life's. Greatest and most trying traumas and challenges. And uh, today she is living that vision out loud. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation and her story. I know that you'll be inspired by it. Disclaimer I don't know how this happened, but at certain points throughout this conversation, we sound like we're in a fishbowl and we're not. It's brief though, it passes. I just wanted to give you fair warning push through, people. It'll be worth it it. okay, before we jump into that, I want to one welcome you. if you are new here, I am so happy to have you here. I think you will love what we have every other week I almost said every week but we are now on a bi-weekly or bi-monthly never can get it right schedule. If you're an OG, so grateful for you, please remember to subscribe, rate and review. and number two, thank you to our sponsor. Today, this show is brought to you by the Today I Am Grateful Gratitude Journal. This is a 90-day journal for you to just practice and build that gratitude muscle in just a few minutes each day. I am on, actually going on my fourth journal now, and it's something that I just cannot live without. I take it wherever I go. It makes a great gift. You can find the link for that in the show notes, and it is available on Amazon. All right, you guys, without further ado, here's my conversation with Estella Gabriel. All right, we're already recording, but are you ready? Yeah, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we had to ask each other that like ten times before, <laughs> so we were like duking it out. First of all, I haven't heard your voice or talked to you, and I don't even know how long. But it's so funny because whenever we're texting, <clears throat> I can hear your voice and your laugh so clearly through That's your so cool. <laughs> through your messages. <laughs> <laughs> we were having fun. We were having fun last night with all of our GIFs and, and texts, but I always like to give background. So you and I have, it's been almost 20 years when I thought back to when we first met, I think the girls were maybe seven or eight around there yeah, when they were playing softball, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we moved from San Jose to Tracy in I think say 2002. And then we probably met like within a couple of years of that, right? Yeah.
0: So um, yeah, I that's... ninety-seven, And I, we met through softball is what my memory is. And I can still remember the first time I met you, which is so cool. And there were some things that I was going through during that time that you and Christina, we were like just the three musketeers, right? Like I always turned to either one of you or both of you. And the girls got to hang out and get close. And we had things in common. You were from San Jose, like you just mentioned which mm-hmm. is my hometown. So we had that in common. And then just the other thing that we had in common is we all had nieces and nephews that we were so in love with. So yeah. So we had all that time in 20 years ago. And you know what I miss? I don't know if they do it in where you're at now, but Bunko.
1: Oh my Bunko. God. That's, that's what I think of. Like I think of like when I think of you, I think of our, our wild <laughs> Bunko nights. <laughs> Our Bunko Mom Nights in Tracy. They were so fun. We had they such were a good so time. fun.
0: I miss some of those girls. And then we had our notorious ski trip. Where did we go? It was just me, you, and Christina. We went. We took a trip. Tahoe. I guess it was Tahoe, right? All I remember me. was driving back home. You were driving, and you were talking like crazy. And I think <laughs> Christina and I were in our own zone, and you're like, after 30 <laughs> minutes of talking, you're like, uh, is anybody
1: listening to me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we just started cracking up. That's such a funny memory for me.
1: That's awesome.
0: But, yeah. okay, so this is what I wanted to get to. So I put out these emails, you're on my email list, and I, I kind of took a long break from sending anything out, but I put my first one back out recently. And I don't even remember what it was about. But you responded, which you've responded several times before, thank you, because it's always nice to hear like, anything at all. When you do something or you put something out, it's always good to hear feedback or just get a response. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And as we were going back and forth talking, I'm like, you would make such an amazing guest because you have so much going on. And over the years, you've had so much change and growth and just big life events that have happened. Mm -hmm. And you've managed to pursue. Something that you first mentioned to me when I first met you, which at the time I think it was, I can't remember if it was acting or writing, but it was. It was acting
1: first, yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was way back in the beginning.
1: Yeah.
0: And when did you leave the area?
1: So, first of all, thanks for having me on because I, I mean, me and you, we go, I just feel so crazy, like to talk like, I don't know. It feels wild that when you're going back that far, it feels like Uh, ever ago. That was a different lifetime. It
0: was a different life. Yeah.
1: It was like I was raising kids, you know, we were all raising kids together. And like now my life is so completely different. I know it's so wild. I went through that transition phase of like just that empty nesting and all of that. But I mean, it almost made me emotional just hearing you talk about it because it was—it was a good life. But I mean, my life is so different. Like I'm in New York now, and it's just me and Mike. And I have friends who who still have younger kids, and I'm like the only weirdo like, in my 40s. Like, and I've been empty nest since my late 30s. You know. Yeah, it's been a while. So, so wild. So when did I leave? I left Tracy in 2014. And New York, and we were here for two years. And then we moved to L.A., we were there for five years. And just we then we were bi-coastal, so within those five years, we've been bi-coastal. So we just moved to New York full-time.
0: Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's, it's been so many years where you've gone back oh my and God, forth. My,
1: on the screen here, it's, it's jotting down everything I'm saying. Or is that
0: Oh, that's that weird.
1: Serious? I don't want to say the the thing's name, but it thought I was calling it, and it started recording what I was saying. Uh-oh. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Oh my gosh! I thought it was part of the podcast.
0: And we don't edit, folks. So this this is all going in. Oh
1: my god! I'm like sweating now. Um, That's hilarious. Anyways,
0: okay. I want to know because I so. Yeah, that's the thing. I had so I have so many different questions to ask and directions to go, but that's what I wanted to do is just start where you are. So you are in New York. Okay, you got to help me understand. I took Gabby there for her college graduation a few years ago, and I liked it. I we had a good time and I was I'm glad I went, but I couldn't understand how anybody could live there. And that you <laughs> love New York. So tell me, like tell me all about what you love and it's night and day from LA, right?
1: Yeah, and personally, I really don't love L.A. at all. Yeah. And even when I think back to Tracy, I'm like, I could never go back there. Like, Yeah. It's, this is just, like, home to me. It feels home to me. I mean, San Jose will always be home. My family will always be home. But this feels, like, home to me. And so where you went, to, I don't know what part of New York you spent time in, but a lot of people go to Times Square and, like, all that that's area. That's where we were. And, yeah, that's not... The New York I live in. I live downtown. I live like five minutes walked to Soho. Little Italy is just around the corner. Chinatown's around the corner. There's just, to me, it's such a vibrant city that's stimulating. And I, I like that stimulation of just being able to go out my door and walk to wherever I need to go to. And I don't know, the streets are just so alive and and it's so fun too. Like just the weekends, there's so much to do. There's wow. There's the best restaurants in the world. I'm a foodie, so mm, like that's, to be able that is to for go, sure. yeah. Like Mike and I always, every Friday night, we <laughs> choose a restaurant, and it's just so fun. It's just a great. It's a great lifestyle. I, I personally love it. I think you'd have to come back with no I mean, kids. <laughs> and
0: yeah, maybe I mean, well, Gabby was. It was. Me, oh, Carla, and Gabby. She was already an adult, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. I think because I felt like there was not enough sunshine for me.
1: I mean, everybody's different, you know, and like.
0: Well, yeah. It,
1: like, when did you come?
0: Gosh, I don't know. It was like four or five years ago.
1: Was it cold? I mean, the no. weather's the weather's rough here, but I also it, it, it love was decent. That.
0: It was actually really okay, nice. When good, we
1: oh, that's good. That's so yeah,
0: good. we that did. We, there was no rain, and it wasn't cold. No, it was it was nice weather. It really mm-hmm. was, and we did a lot. I think we were there for seven days. We did a lot, we That's saw a lot. Cool. But yeah, everyone's built differently and has different preferences and different things that energize them. like for me, where I live here at Oceanside, I just love it so much, but yeah, mm-hmm. like the beach beach life or this atmosphere is not for everybody or environment or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and each place has its own unique culture, and you're an artist. So that makes sense. I Thank lived you.
1: in Malibu for five years and and I experienced that and I loved it like the first year. But it was just too quiet, too. It was gorgeous. You know, we had a place like on the beach and we could walk down to the beach every single day. And it was like practically private because there was no public access. And it was beautiful, but it just it just never felt like home.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's so amazing how you can feel right at home in a certain oh place. That's okay. So Mike likes it. Is he happy down there?
1: He is. He is. But it was a transition and it was not easy to get him here. Yeah. But now he he definitely loves it. Like when we're in LA a little too long, he's, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I think he's just like for him... He was just saying, like, home is where I'm at, so he's he's fine. And
0: so now you guys are away from the girls. The girls are here in L.A. still?
1: Yeah. Jade's in L.A. and Vanessa's in Orange County.
0: And you know what I also love about the girls is that they've both, they have that entrepreneurial spirit, right?
1: Right. They're both doing
0: their own thing, and they partner. They do things together.
1: Yes. Exactly, yeah. that.
0: so I want to talk about the acting and the writing because yeah. you're more focused on is it writing right now?
1: Well, right now, it's kind of mixed because I've made some changes. I mean, there's such a long history. I feel like, but, you know, I stopped acting and writing for like five years. i I decided to start my own social streaming app and because my family's in technology and I had resources accessible to me and so I did that and I really um during my break from acting and writing and I think I did that because I felt powerless in the industry because you just don't have a lot of control and Mm -hmm. I think I wanted that success so badly and I got some TV roles which was great but I took this break and it was just um brutal i thought that like having control and pushing being able to push something forward an idea forward and not be at the mercy of the industry was the route to go and it really was just soul crushing wow um, yeah i mean the first year it's like that whole thing i'm i'm like a i'm an adventure girl so And a challenge girl, like, give me a challenge, an adventure. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then I'm excited. In the first year, I'm like, this is cool. But once I realized that it just wasn't aligned with what my soul was calling me to do, it started to manifest into physical problems for me, like an autoimmune disease. Oh, my gosh, that's right. And just being really unhappy and it was really tough so finally I I closed it down I sold the assets and and I said you know what I'm just gonna go back to acting and writing I'm gonna just jump into an acting class this was in 2020 like in the midst of this whole thing I mean my plan had started I was like 2019 because I started having panic attacks I started having anxiety and panic attacks when I was doing my business and I had raised half a million dollars from investors and Wow, you know, I had a small team, and it was like I went all the way, so I, it was really hard to walk away because I felt a responsibility to all these people, but it was like twenty twenty, and our funding was running out, and it was just good timing. I tried to sell it to like all I went my advisors were like bigwigs in the in the entertainment industry, and they they walked me into all the major studios and we tried to sell it because it was a great software it won top 10 new products in 2019 at south by southwest
0: so amazing
1: and it was just yeah so anyway so I realized that that was not what I was meant to do And so I just jumped in. Once I was done with that, I jumped into an acting class and I just started writing. I'm like, I'm just going to write. I'm just going to do this without the expectation of success. You know, luckily Mike's able to provide for us so that I don't have to
0: write, have that pressure.
1: And I felt very fortunate for that. And I started to write. But even before I started to write, all of a sudden my old scripts, which had done really well in like the competition sur- circuit and I had won an award that was presented by Showtime and, you know, oh, wow. like 2015. And I won that award and that script, one of my friends gave it to their manager and, and he was like, I want to start pitching it and I want to represent you. And so I got a manager for that. Um, and it just felt like okay, I'm on the right track. Then this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I eventually I got back with my old manager on the acting side, and I just felt like I needed like time to sort of like freshen up. Like I hadn't wrote or acted in years, really, mm-hmm. and I needed to come up with a new process around my acting, and I needed to refresh on writing because i honestly had not even written a new script in like 10 years wow um, like all those scripts i started writing in like 2012 oh my god and so now i'm back into acting like full on i just got an agent last year and she started getting me some really great auditions wow. and i changed my process on acting too it's like i had some like blocks and i had some things that I had to work through. But now I feel like I'm like, I'm ready now. I had, I don't know, like 10 auditions in the last seven weeks, oh my which gosh. is a lot for TV yeah. and, and movies. And, and it's been really great. So I've been really busy with that to the point where I haven't been able to work on my latest script. Wow. So I'm doing both to answer question. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long frigging answer. And so basically what you're saying is, <laughs>
0: Well, that's amazing. Is it hard to find a good agent? I'm guessing it would be.
1: I mean, here's the thing. It's like, what's a good agent? It, it really, it's really it's kind of complicated. No idea. No idea. <laughs> I mean, no, it's like, it's a funny question, because one of my agent is like a you know, low, lower level, mid tier level agent. I hope she doesn't ever listen to this. Uh, yeah, let's not share this podcast with her. <laughs> but she has done so much for me in terms of getting the auditions. Like that's all you can ask for, you know, and really good auditions that are aligned with my essence and with me and roles that I would like to play. And so yes, to me, she's a great agent. And my manager who's more mid or mid level, he's a little bit ranked higher, I would say in the industry. On the writing side, he's also my manager on the acting side, and he hasn't been able to do much for me so far. So that's why I say it depends. But yeah. is it hard to get one? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, my background and having done some TV has helped. And on the acting side, and then on the writing side, I feel like it's harder to get a writing agent yeah. or manager. Like I feel like the representation on the writing side is, is tougher because you have to get somebody to read your script. Yeah. With an agent, they can watch a quick clip of your reel. Yeah. It's just, it feels like it's a little bit more challenging.
0: Well, it just seems like a fascinating space to me because it's such a creative thing and in depth and each person is so unique in every way. You know, your personality, your style, your experience, everything, your interests. And so, all of those things have to kind of be put together with the right person. So, but it sounds like you have a good team and you're making progress. You're staying busy, you're putting yourself out there, and you're getting opportunities just to do that. So, that's amazing. And I like what you said because whenever you're practicing a craft or you're in a certain field, the learning never stops. You're always growing and evolving and learning. And I think that the day that you stop being open to that or engaging in that, that's it. You, you don't continue growing as whatever it is, an actor, a writer, whatever it is. And so the fact that you're still investing your time and resources to practice this craft really helps to kind of keep pushing you forward.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's all
0: like a mindset, right? When you can have a certain perspective, it changes your entire outlook on everything. And then when you mentioned your autoimmune diseases, was that triggered by stress? or
1: Inflammation is the the cause of, I don't know if it's all autoimmune diseases. I'm not an expert, but based on what I've read and heard and all the research, because when that happens, you're just like, like trying to learn as much as you can. But yeah, inflammation and inflammation is triggered by stress and by your diet or lifestyle. And so for me, I think the stress of that. Oh, my God. The stress of that. Sorry, that was, you know, who again. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't even know how to shut her down or I would I would do it. So annoying. Uh, Sorry. So anyway. The Yeah, I think the stress of being out of alignment with what I believe I'm meant to do was the stress behind that. And my diet, too, I'm sure. I don't know. I, I gained like 20 pounds, and it was tough.
0: So are you feeling better now?
1: I am. I'm definitely feeling better. I It looked like I was going into remission, which is... It's like a 50, 50 chance. And so that was good. Last year was really good. I mean, it was intense. It was really intense. I got to the point where I've got this other autoimmune disease and I was having to have these infusions. Like in 2021, I was getting these infusions in me to lower the inflammation in, behind my eyes because it was affecting my vision and it was a nightmare. But once I had that, it seemed like everything started to get better. And I think I was just settling into you know, my new life of mm-hmm. doing what I love. And and so, yeah, I'm definitely better. My numbers aren't perfect right now, but that's why I just finished a juice cleanse <laughs> and like rebooting. They're not terrible, but, but they've gone up a little bit. So I'm like, I need to get my act together.
0: Well, you're better <laughs> than you were, but there's still work to be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what it sounds like. That's a lot. Okay. Now, I I do want to talk about some of the things that you've had to navigate throughout this journey of I mean, you were a teen mom and I know that you had some loss in your life and you had some we all have challenges, but you've had some pretty heavy ones from younger until recently. And For sure. Everything that we experience in life, it just kind of changes the path because it changes us. And so whenever we're impacted by these events, we change and it changes the dynamics of our relationships and our life choices. And so I wanted to see if we could just talk about some of the biggest challenges that you've had to find your way through as you still are trying to make your own way in life with your career and your marriage and everything that you're doing.
1: Yeah. So the teen years, Oh my gosh, those were probably, yeah, that was like the beginning of it. You know, I mean, it, it goes back to me being Mormon when I was a kid right. and feeling like it was so ext- it's, it was, it's such a extreme religion and expectation That as someone like me, who's like a rebel by nature, I just, by the time I was a teenager, I really rebelled. And and I feel like I just went completely in the opposite direction and made some mistakes and ended up on house arrest.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, I might have forgotten about that.
1: I think you forgot about that. And I ended up getting pregnant and... Oh, yeah, I had Jade when I was 18, but that was, yeah, like the house arrest and the pregnancy were like right around the same time when it, when it happened. And it just felt like such a big stream life change, but it was a great life change because once I had Jade, it was like you said, that new perspective of like, oh my God. A child that I have to take care of that I want to like just be the best version of me for and I feel like that was like the beginning of like a transformation for me so she definitely changed my life in that way and it just made me grow up a little bit but then my father passed away suddenly when I was 20 and that was a huge huge blow it was really intense like, we had found him dead in our garage. Like it was like oh. a whole like big old oh
0: my gosh
1: trauma. That was a trauma. Yeah, and That sure. was like the first. Yeah, I remember after that we went to like one therapist session. Just one. Just one. And and they were like, yeah, you guys have PTSD because I remember it was just really traumatic and it felt really extreme. But that was also one of those turning points where I had been working, I was only 20 years old, but I'd been working like in the industry in the Silicon Valley. And I remember like, yeah, I was like, I want to make money. And I remember I got into recruiting and, but it was, I always had it in my heart that I wanted to be an actor, but where we grew up, I never knew anybody that like went on to do that, you know? Right. And so it just seemed out of the question. I remember I dabbled in it with a, a little bit when I was like 20, 21 years old. And and then it wasn't until I felt like I was just like starting to really just be not healthy because I never dealt with my dad's death. Mm. And so I was like drinking all the time and I just felt like I was drinking every night, like I put Jay to sleep and, and then drink, you know, and, I would be hungover at work every day. And I just remember it was just like, such a miserable time. And my uncle passed away the year after and he was like my second dad. It was just like a lot. Oh, wow. And, but it wasn't until I was around 25 that I started taking acting classes. And I remember I was telling everybody that I was taking marketing classes <laughs> 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 because I was like so embarrassed. It was so vulnerable for me. Like I was like, you know, yeah. where we come from, like that's not cool. Yeah. To do that. So I was like, yeah, I'm taking marketing classes at Los Casinos. And but I just like I just it was terrifying and so vulnerable, but I just felt like it's what I wanted to do. And so I just went deeper and deeper into that and and then the next major trauma, I would say, was when my sister, my older sister, committed suicide when I was like 32, I want to say. And that was worse than anything, I feel like, anything I'd, I'd ever gone through. It was so extremely painful, and it lasted so long, and I really, like, really allowed myself to grieve this time. hmm and so it was like years of sadness and grief. And within two years, that's when we moved to New York because I think I was just at this point where I was like, I cannot continue on with this life. Like this life is not my life anymore. Like I need mm-hmm. a new one. And I would, I, I never wanted to leave Tracy. I never wanted to leave there because I just felt comfortable and, I don't know, I just always thought, well, this is our family home, and blah, 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 but something in me just drove me, like, Jade said she wanted to go to look at colleges in New York, and I was like, well, we're moving too. (laughs)
0: Let's go.
1: (laughs) Let's go, and she didn't end up going to college out here, but we all moved out here, and they were all on board and excited, except Mike, but eventually he got there, (laughs) but it was, yeah, it was just like one of those that was like a major, major nugget of like, I mean, it was like a major event that just changed the course of my life. I feel like I would have never left. And that gave me when something like that happens, I feel like you become fearless. Like the mm-hmm. worst thing has happened. And so now there's nothing else to be afraid of. Like I can do anything. And yeah, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 That's any loss is hard, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that losing to someone you love so dearly, who's so close to you, you guys were so close the way that you did it. There's an extra sting from just that part too.
1: Oh, that, that's why I think it lasts so long and it lasted so long. And I feel like well, I, I did I remember reading so much about it and they call it complicated grief. Like there's an actual term for it because there is that extra layer of complication in terms of how intense it is and that how how guilty you feel and how I mean, people everybody feels guilty when they lose somebody. Everybody thinks they could have done something subconsciously. That's already like a given, but imagine in that sort of situation. And then there's children involved. Yeah. That was just, it was too much to bear. It was too much. There was so much anger. There's so much just unforgiveness. It's
0: incomprehensible, right? You just can't understand it. Now, so when you hear, because we hear about it so much now, it's so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. with so many people taking that route. Do you have an entirely, I imagine you would, an entirely different response or understanding like insight is different now that you have a direct personal experience with it?
1: 100%. I think you always think, oh, they're so selfish. You're like, why would they do that to their kids? Why would they do that to their family? Yeah. And, you know, when I felt the deep, deep grief for so long, I was like, Okay, this is why she did it. Like, it's such despair. Mm. Oh
0: my God. It's a hopelessness, right?
1: It's just such despair that it, it's like, wow, I could just go right now. Like, just take me, you know, yeah. just take me because it's so intense that you're like, I don't know if this is ever going to end. Right. And, and my sister was bipolar, so. A lot of bipolar or people that have these types of mental health issues, they live in that like all the time, you know? And I'm like, I just can't imagine living like that. And so I have a compassion and I didn't have that compassion before with her. And I remember she would tell me things like, like that she did want to die. And I remember, oh, man, no. you know, like just being you know, trying to encourage her, but also being mad at her, like, no, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm her younger sister. She's 11 years older than me. And it was intense. She was an alcoholic too. And she was such a beautiful person inside and out, but her shadow was just too heavy, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely have a, a sense of compassion for people, but you know, and it, yeah, so you you have to know that it's, like, oh, it's really bad that they did that. Like, they have been really suffering for such a long oh, time. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, and, they just can't see a way out.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, oh, it's just so, it's so sad. And every time, like, somebody in this in social media, social media has made it really tough because, you know, I've healed so much from that. Like, that was, it'll be 11 years this summer. Wow. So I don't have that grief all the time. It'll come up here and there, but especially it comes up when like somebody in the media has done it.
0: Yeah.
1: You hear about it and you're just like, oh man, you know, it's, it's really intense or it's just anytime, you know,
0: you have reminders,
1: you have reminders and it's, it's just sad, but, but I I feel connected to her now more than ever. And, and it, it's really helped me to be at peace, you know?
0: Do you think the the most powerful thing that you did to process through this grief was allowing yourself to feel all the the emotions of it all?
1: Yeah, I think I wouldn't be here if I wouldn't be like where I'm at in my life right now. Like content and doing what I love. If if I hadn't. I feel like un grief that hasn't been dealt with is definitely it manifests into other things you know
0: yeah it's like the analogy of trying to like keep that beach ball underwater it it's gonna mm-hmm. keep trying to come up and come up and come out and at some point it does and it will and it'll show up in not the best way if you don't right. you know be if you're not proactive about it and get in front of it and Just allow yourself to have those emotions and process through them. And, you know, there's so many different ways of doing that, but, you know, just making peace with those feelings and emotions being inside of you, feeling them, allowing yourself to feel them. I feel like because none of us want to feel the pain or the sadness or the anger. We don't want to feel those. So a lot of us will push them down or try to avoid them or turn to other things, but that's all just kind of a, Temporary band aid, and then eventually things will come out, and it won't be in a good way, and it won't be for our good.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think that being an artist, like once I became an actor, that changed everything for me in terms of feeling my feelings because I had stuffed it down for so long in terms of my dad, that it manifested in the out into the alcohol and like just like drinking way too much, and yeah. Once I got into an acting class and I started using those pent up feelings in my art. Oh my God. I I felt so much better. And I remember I just like the need to drink was like, it went away and it's not like, I don't even have that. I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was just a manifestation of not dealing with, Uh with something really painful. I remember like I was breathing for like six months And then I was like, I need to put this away and move on with my life. Yeah. Even though I wasn't ready and I was too young and nobody talks about grief. Nobody teaches you about it. So I didn't know that like, no, I really needed to just deal with it. But now that, I mean, you know, after I, I opened up that door to feeling my feelings in general and learned, you know, just self-help and, Mm -hmm. And learning about, like, feelings and how they manifest. Like, so when my sister passed away, there was just no going back, you know? I already knew, like, I I have to deal with this. And I didn't have any control over it. It was so big and heavy that it really changed a lot of things. It changed my relationship with my younger sister, who I had been so – we had been so codependent for so long. Like, I could no longer do that anymore it was just very like awakening a huge awakening like just a, in a lot of ways
0: yeah yeah I and bet. it's
1: still traumatic you know in the sense that like, like i have these thoughts where i'm like oh like i always like worry about like okay because there's so, been so much death like you know just this is my immediate family my dad my sister my uncle who was like our second father grew up like going to their house every day and he'd scold me like a father and he passed away a year after my dad and then my sister's boyfriend like just so much death it felt like yeah. like there's even now like I I really have to um con- like control myself in the way that I'm like sometimes I think like I worry about like oh my god Mike's gonna die one day my mom's gonna oh. die one day my mom it's always closer because she's in her 70s early 70s now but even with just Mike, I get really, I get really sad. I'm like, one day I'm gonna have to grieve him, and I, I don't know if I can do that again. It was so painful.
0: Girl, you like, might be a goner first. Don't even try to kill him off.
1: <laughs> well, I already told him. I'm like, you, you know, I have to go first. <laughs> 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 and he just thinks I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, this is trauma. This is trauma. I think, I think
0: that I can, I can relate to that. Being exposed to so much death from a young age, being almost mm-hmm. obsessive about the thoughts of losing. The people I love the most. I used to obsess over losing my mom a lot. I mean, as a kid and a teenager, and even as a young adult. And that's why when I first found out she was terminal, it was just crushing to my soul because it was real now. Now it, w- it was happening. Like
1: your fear happened, it manifested. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I've come to a place now where I do have these thoughts. You know, I have a niece who lost her baby, and it just. It's one of these things that just mm. wakes me up. I won't say weekly, but regularly enough, often enough, where I get overpowered with this just overwhelming sense of I don't know what to, how to explain it because it's such, it's so profound. I just feel the depth of pain for her loss. And it, yeah. and so somewhere on my mind is always like, oh God, yeah, like how you were mentioning. The fear of losing Mike, the thought of it, you know, happening. I have those thoughts too. I think a lot of us do. But I think for people who have had more personal experience with loss, it's even that much louder in our minds and on our spirits because it's it's already a reality. You know, it's already happened. And so we kind of have a little bit of fear. I try not to worry because we only really have today. And and that's the other side of it too, is just living in the present and truly cherishing every single day because every day is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. The people you love, just Mm -hmm. knowing. Like I was watching something on Netflix, this whole documentary about this attorney who just got charged with a murder. And I remember this one part of the show this teenage boy lost his girlfriend and she got knocked off the boat and drowned and then he i remember him saying something like you know if she were just to come up walking out of that water i would just marry her right now and it made me think of the the true miracle of life every day because anything can happen every day for any of us it doesn't right. matter how old we are it doesn't matter what we're doing where we live anything like we're all you know we all have that same reality <laughs> and so the fact that we are here today it is a miracle. And it's hard to like stay in that constantly because you know, we're just we're living we're going about our life. But it is a miracle that you and I are here today that we're all here.
1: I know. it's So it's so big. It's a big thought. It's a big. Yeah, yeah,
0: it it is. Well, okay. So on a lighter note, you and Mike renewed your vows last year.
1: Yeah, we did in August. It was Oh yeah. We, we, we've been married 20 years. We've been together 27. Yeah. Yeah. 27. And, um, yeah, we wanted to do something special. And so we went to Italy and we renewed our vows there with our kids and my mother-in-law. Of course I wanted my mom there too, but she doesn't fly or she doesn't like to fly. So, but it was, Extremely special and it that was so sweet. It was really like the best day. I almost think it's better than a wedding because Well
0: yeah. There's so much more know, depth and appreciation now, right?
1: Exactly. And so much growth. So much growth and so much like yeah, it's like wow, we've you know, like he said, he's like I've watched you become a mother, I've watched you become an actress, like I've watched you grow into the spiritual woman and it's like it's just like it's wild that we've kind of grown up together you know yeah
0: completely yeah this whole evolution of just becoming yeah. and continuing to evolve is amazing yeah. such a oh gift. it's
1: it's it's big and and yeah even though like you know we might get on each other's nerves it's like the love is so deep <laughs> now <laughs> you get on my last nerve but i love you exactly but it's so it's so like big and deep now it's like especially having the kids out of the house, like, you know, they've been gone for a while. It's really forced us to connect even deeper yeah, in a way, in ways we didn't even know Mm -hmm. were possible, you know, we're, we're just like, wow. Yeah. Cause you don't have any of
0: those other, not, I don't want to call kids distractions, but priorities or focuses. And now it's just the two of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like when we were, in our twenties, we thought, "Oh, I love you." You know, I love you. But uh-huh. it's, it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we loved each other." But and then in our thirties, it's like, "Yeah, we love each other." But it's like now, it's like, "Whoa!" It's like,
0: "Just like, me and you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, <laughs> sing it. Oh, I love that. That's and it's a great example for the girls to see your love deepen and grow. Mm -hmm. through all the trial and through all the growth. That's beautiful and amazing. We still have our
1: fights though. I don't, I don't like to. Well, nobody's perfect. This is not a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it real. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm so glad we got to talk and I just wanted to.
1: That went by so fast.
0: I know it always does. (laughs) It's crazy, but you're doing and you've done so much. And like you said, you've had so much transformation and I just, I always love to hear that with people because not all people take the steps or do the work or, or put themselves out there, and and you know it's different for each of us. We all have different passions and interests and gifts and whatever. But there are a lot of people who have these passions and they just, for whatever reason, don't act on them, and I, that kills me because it's like there's a saying that I've shared before. I think it. It has something to do about the graveyard being the richest place in the world because that's where all the dreams lie and the hopes lie and all the greatness is there because so many people just, they never really pursue what is in their heart and that's sad. That's always sad to me. So I'm just happy to see you out here doing what you love and living your life and just being amazing.
1: Thanks so. so much. And I'm really proud of you. I love that. I love that you're doing this. And I'm super excited for you. And
0: thank you. Yeah, Thank I you for responding to, to my emails. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm always so proud. I'm always like, look at her. What's she yeah. doing? Oh, thank you.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I just did a post today. I'm like, you know, I've been uncomfortable all week because I've had to put myself in different contexts, just doing things that are uncomfortable for me, like doing oh. a live that's yeah. so not comfortable for me. Speaking is not comfortable for me. But you have to be uncomfortable to grow. You just do. That so
1: that is a fact right there. Like that's exactly like that is so that's exactly what I'm going through this week. I'm I love acting and writing, but now I have to like do a little bit of the business. I have to work on a pitch for one of my scripts and and it's been like oh, it's been so uncomfortable. I know.
0: So ah. that's what we call massive action, right? Because it's going beyond
1: Mm. your normal action step.
0: It's like massive action. Where did and you it,
1: learn
0: that? Just probably a coaching friend. Just, That's just spending the last few years in the space of self-development and growth and taking courses and workshops and all the books I'm reading, just consuming, consuming so much, mm. but making a conscious effort not to just be a consumer, like actually do something with it. Take it to heart. Don't just take yeah. it all in and leave it in your head I brain.
1: love that though. That's, that is such a Great thing to hear that it's called massive action. And it's actually a thing that Mm -hmm. we have to do in order to get to where we want to be.
0: Yeah. And if you look at all the people who have reached success, they had to take those steps. They had to take that massive action because the only people who will get there to that ultimate destination are the people who are willing to get uncomfortable and do the hard things and keep pushing. Persistence, persistence, and consistency key. Yes, so ma'am. I love it. Well, I love it, and you know, you're you're a friend for life. You're a girlfriend. Even if we, I think I saw you five years ago. I think it was <laughs> five years ago. I know we
1: haven't even talked in so long, but I do think about you. I, I think about you here and there. I'm like, I'm like, I need to find a way to like get
0: together
1: because it's so hard, like living, know. you know, where we live. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll
0: figure it out. <laughs> well, thanks again. I love you and say you hi too. to Mike, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take All care. right. Bye bye. Okay, All right, you guys, I told you'd be worth it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And remember, rate and review the show, share it with a friend. And until next time, you all be a blessing and be blessed.